0: You're listening to Podketeers.
1: Welcome to episode 345 of Podketeers. This week we catch up on what's happening at downtown Disney. Is Wonderground coming back? The Jungle Cruise is getting updated, and possible annual pass options may have been revealed this week by Disney. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talk about in this episode. You can join the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Podcateers. Or you can join us on our new Discord server. You can find a link to join us on Discord in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 345. Before we jump into the episode, we'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, because it's their monthly contributions via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podketeers possible. Being a part of the FGP Squad gets you some additional perks like access to our monthly happy hour calls, additional discounts on gear, additional content. So if you would like more info on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, just head on over to podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a very special thank you to the FGP squad for their continued support. So that's it. We're going to get this episode started right now. Here is episode 345 of Podcateers. It's been a very cold day.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I guess in comparison to other days in Southern California, we're closer to the San Gabriel Mountains. Uh, I would say it was in the lower 50s, upper 40s, and it was raining most Mm -hmm. of the day. The wind was... Very, very strong. It was knocking power lines over. It was knocking trees over. It was causing all sorts of havoc over here. Dang. And then, middle of the day, we were surprised with a
0: little bit of hail. Wow. I, I guess
1: I can say it snowed here a Technically. is Wow. You know? It shows you what the chill factor was like if we had little chunks of ice falling over here. Mm-hmm. But overall uh, it was uh, you know I, I used to love the rain I think with all the problems that we had in the past you know yeah I I'm not a big fan of the rain anymore I think I'm just kind of uh, I, I get over it really quickly I think I'm gonna have to retrain myself to be able to have those days because I used to love going out. And sitting on the porch, and you know, when I was younger, mm-hmm. and just listening to the rain, and just having some hot chocolate or something, and yeah, just enjoying, you know, what it sounded like. And uh, on top of that, I loved—I uh, don't know if it's just me, but I love the smell of the oh, grass yes. and the ground when it's yeah. wet from the rain. Yeah. you know. <laughs>
0: uh huh. You're so, speaking to someone who opens their windows uh, while she's driving. Yes, yes. (laughs) See,
1: and I do that too. And when it's raining here and it's not so cold, Mm -hmm. I try to do the same thing as long as the rain isn't pointing, like the wind isn't pointing towards our window where the water is going to get inside the house. Uh, But I do the same thing. I open the the window a little bit and I let the wind in and uh, I try to do that today. Oh man, huge mistake. No. It was windy. It was dusty. It was cold. And like as the day progressed, like my throat started to get itchy and like I, my nose started to get stuffy and I'm like, ah, come on, really? <laughs> I just started feeling better. How dare you? <laughs> and so I closed everything back up. And so now I'm drinking tea to try to help me out and it's good. I haven't had a lot of tea in a really long time, but I've been kind of living off of it for the last couple of days because i foolishly ran out of coffee and didn't buy more the last time I went to the store (laughs) and I haven't placed an order from you know some of our favorite suppliers and I'm kind of like okay well at least I have all this black tea and all this Mm -hmm. chai tea and all that stuff that I could have (laughs) in the meantime but my ratios are way off I mean I have a couple cups of coffee and I'm having like 12 cups of tea and I'm like where's my buzz (laughs) I don't yeah. feel it. <laughs> you
0: you you have coffee like every day. So for to hear that you're out of it, oh, you're surviving yeah. though. You're surviving. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying.
1: I'm having a really, uh, I'm having a really tough time with it. But it's okay. Uh, I placed a pickup order uh, for like a day or two from now. So nice. at least I'll have something yeah i'm not gonna go completely without it i'll be back on the fiend soon (laughs) it'll be okay uh how's your week going so far
0: it's actually been pretty good um you talk about hail and i'm like what i don't we don't there is nothing over here like weather wise there's times where i wish like neighboring cities would just give us you know rain because um anaheim is under a dome and we just don't get any weather (laughs) but it is cold it is
1: they gotta (laughs) share they can't be they can't be (laughs) greedy with the weather and the elements like you have to share the rain with everybody
0: right but it's not fun when um you open the dome and it's like 90 degrees it's like no (laughs) yeah put it back
1: (laughs) yeah it's very true Well, I mean, I I hope that the rain just kind of goes away sooner than later. I just... Right now, I just don't really feel like dealing with rain. So... Yeah. I'd rather just be done with it and let's just move on. But, I mean, we also need it. So... Ah, catch-22. How...
0: Right. Ah. It's
1: okay. (laughs) Uh, You know, one of the good things about, obviously, having uh, cold weather is... You get a chance to just hang out, get in a blanket, make some popcorn, Mm -hmm. get yourself some hot chocolate or whatever, and just, you know, watch some TV. And, of course, on Friday, there was a new episode of WandaVision released. Yeah. Please tell me that you saw it.
0: Yes. (laughs) Oh!
1: I, okay, I I have to get your thoughts on it before I make my comments. What would you think?
0: Um, okay, uh... There's a lot there's a lot that happened, and I'm pretty sure I missed a whole lot, but um, it was fun, it was zany. It was what is happening i and I'm like I said, I'm pretty sure I missed a lot because I don't have as much knowledge as you do with like comics, so the whole since we're talking about it, we're just gonna say it the whole birthing scene, I'm like, this is weird like i, mm-hmm. I yeah I, I don't know how to react, but But I will tell you, I am looking forward to the next episode. Yeah. It's weird.
1: (laughs) It's funny. When we first started watching it, after the first two episodes dropped, uh, I remember thinking to myself, okay, all right, this is good. We'll see where this goes. And I don't know. I'm kind of at this point where Marvel has delivered so many more wins than losses when it comes to the content that they're producing Mm -hmm. that I just feel so confident that WandaVision itself is not only going to be one of the best things that they produce, but it's going to leave this clear, clear vision of where the next phase in Marvel is going to go for us because pretty much everything that we talked about last week Mm -hmm. about the theory of the House of M and all the things that were happening with Wanda, it looks like a lot of it is beginning to pan out uh, as of Ah. this episode. Now, there are a lot of liberties that they take when they make content for TV and for films because – It it would take too long to to film that. It would take too many episodes to tell the story the way that they did in the comics. And maybe there were some things that they did in the comics that they didn't really appreciate or that they didn't really want to happen. Because when they bring in new writers for a series, it's kind of on them to create the direction of where these characters are going to go. And for the most part, Marvel vets it and they say, okay, well, that's cool. Yeah, let's go with this. But there are certain things that will mold the universe of your characters in ways that it's kind of hard to get out of unless you revert to some like, oh, it was a dream. You know, everything's mm-hmm. back to normal type thing. It's a cop out that that's used frequently even in television. And it's funny because this in particular is kind of a dream, but not really a dream. Yeah. But but kind of but in this case it's not being used as a cop out it's actually being used as a way to to enhance and to advance the story and that's what i'm really enjoying about wandavision that every scene has a purpose like there mm-hmm. there, there hasn't been anything that i've seen in wandavision that feels like ah that's a throwaway scene like yes, every correct. single thing like has a purpose. And like you said, I think there's a lot of references. I mean, there's a couple that were lost on me that uh, a couple of people brought up to me, uh, especially from this last episode. But I, I think you're right. I think because there's this breaking point where there's not a lot of people that read those comics, um, because I think back on like the comic craze, right? Like uh-huh. they there, There was the the quote unquote comic book nerds, you know, while I was growing up and every week they would go out to see what the new comics were and they always had their new comic books. They would bring them to school. And, you know, now I feel like it's a lot more accessible and it's a lot more accepted. And the the so-called nerd culture has kind of taken over everything that it doesn't matter who you are. You can openly enjoy whatever you want to enjoy. And Mm -hmm. people are like, oh yeah, I like that too. And you know, there's these whole communities that the internet and uh, services like Reddit and stuff like that have allowed us to expand, uh, you know, and find other people that are just like us. But before, because it wasn't so accessible or maybe it wasn't so accepted. People just didn't read them, or they didn't, you know, know about it. The Marvel films, the like Iron Man and the entire like MCU, the 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 Infinity Saga that that came after, it basically made it acceptable for the common fan to become a comic book fan and to become a Marvel fan. And all of a sudden, it just became like the cool thing to do, right? To be into Mm -hmm. these characters. And if you were into it enough, you started catching up with the old storylines and you started researching where these characters came from. And that's when you started realizing, like, what? Tony Stark is a freaking drunk, yo! like and and there's all these things that you don't necessarily see in the MCU and they've decided to exclude because you know it's more of a family thing yeah versus the comics that were written i mean and there's some graphic novels that take it even further than some of these comics right but mm-hmm. the comics uh, a lot of the time had really strong political views and they shared them and they made a point to make sure that those points were were brought across in those comic books and so uh, there there's always there's always this challenge when you try to bring something that's penned into the media world because you can't bring everything right yeah. you you'd have like it, these 20 plus films that form the infinity saga would have possibly been 40 plus films if they brought every single plot line and every single thing from the comics into the films the films wouldn't be two to three hours they would be lord of the Rings style 17 hour films i'm okay look in all (laughs) fairness I'm like yeah, I joke that's about true. that. I joke about that. And if it's Lord of the Rings, I'm like whatever. I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like, I'm okay with it. But if it's a Marvel film, 17 hours, damn right I'm gonna sit there and watch it. So I'm not talking smack. I just wanna make that clear. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this so much. Uh I was talking to our buddy Jason uh over at the FBI Disney podcast. You know, he's joined us here as a co host frequently. Mm-hmm. Um he he was asking me if if I wanted to get together with him and talk about WandaVision and stuff like nice. that. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, I do. So we're going to try to find a, a day where we can just kind of nerd out on WandaVision and what we speculate is coming to the best of our knowledge, you know, because we're not Marvel gurus. But I think we've researched enough where uh, we've had some now nah, maybe we know more than we think. Maybe that's, you,
0: guys I don't do. know. you guys geek out pretty hard
1: yeah we always have fun talking about all that stuff i remember when i had him and our pal liam uh gavin and uh we did like an fgp squad episode uh to wrap up the infinity saga mm-hmm. and i mean that conversation went on for two or three hours as well we talked before we started recording we recorded for a, a crap ton of time and then we kept the conversation going after and i always feel bad because jason's on the east coast oh yeah and that's some right. of our talks start late and so before we know it it's like 3 a.m for jason he's like i don't care this was great <laughs> i don't even care i mean i love that dude but yeah i think it, it's gonna be fun times um since we're talking about disney plus stuff did you get a chance to watch the Pixar popcorn shorts?
0: I did not I did you not didn't? get to do my homework.
1: <laughs> uh, we were having a little bit of a conversation on the Discord server about it this last week because uh, FGP squad member Heather had actually posted it uh, about it. So shout out to the FGP squad over on Discord. Woo.
2: <laughs> you know and
1: she left a comment uh, saying that she thought that they were fun, they were super short and it was cool that all of the artists that put these uh, Pixar popcorn shorts together mm-hmm. all worked on these during covid from home
0: nice
1: you know that was i think one of the coolest things about this project that yeah i i don't think they're necessarily meant to supplement the spark shorts that we've been getting because the the Pixar popcorn uh they're they don't They don't seem to have the type of voice that the Spark Shorts do where they're trying to tackle an issue, Mm -hmm. right? It's very clear. Yeah, there's a message that they're trying to get across with the Spark Shorts that's very clear in most cases. These were just fun little vignettes that they did with the characters that we know. Mm -hmm. This was truly what I feel is a short You know, to what normal shorts I think would be. I think we've been spoiled by Pixar especially with these, in some cases, longs. Because when you think of Olaf's, what was it? Olaf's Great Adventure, what was it called? I Um, cannot
0: remember, but I think it's around the the lines of that.
1: Yeah, something like that. I mean, that was what, six hours long? Oh, yeah. By the time that was over? I mean, it was possibly the longest short that they've ever done. And you know what? I I mean, I enjoyed it. I don't even care. Uh, But, you know, this is the true essence of what a short is, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of like what they did with them because it gives you this feeling of old silent films. So it kind of merges these genres together.
0: Now, I have seen, like, some pictures. So there was one um, of Jack-Jack. So yeah. I'm assuming it's like um like little stories of fanfake characters, but I mean you can't go wrong with Pixar anything really.
1: Yeah, and, like and that's fun. exactly what they are. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. They are just these little fun videos. Uh it's I think if you spend about twenty minutes you can watch all of them. They're super, super short. There's one for cars, there's one for Dory, a couple of incredibles. Uh, there's one for soul, oh uh, wow, surprisingly, there was two ducky and Bunny ones, and the ducky and Bunny ones were really the only ones that had dialogue,
0: oh okay,
1: and that was the the funny thing about it. like a lot of the other ones relied on music or they relied on sight gags mm-hmm. and I really, really liked them because you know when we've talked about this before on the podcast and we've had conversations with our friends about this how wally uh, or up you know up is one of those films where in the first eight to nine minutes Mm -hmm. they tell so much of a story and they engage you so much with just the visuals and the music Mm -hmm. wally is another great example where for the majority of the movie there's absolutely zero dialogue yeah but it's everything that's happening around Wally that really engages you. And so the Pixar popcorn shorts are kind of along those lines. I feel like it was almost like they challenged themselves on purpose to tell a story without dialogue.
0: That's what I'm getting at. And then I'm thinking, these are probably, what, two minutes long? I mean, to be able to tell a quick little story, even to make you feel something within two minutes... That's pretty darn good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The longest one, I think, is the Finding Dory one. Or Dory Finding, I think is what it's called. That one's like three minutes long. But all the other ones are like about a minute, maybe two. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they're super, super short. But I'm telling you, they get their point across. Uh, I think a couple of them were better than others. I think... uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I stand by that. There's a couple in there that I I don't feel were as strong as some of the other ones, especially with the maybe the message that they were trying to convey. Okay. But overall, oh man, the Soul one is possibly my favorite one in the entire series because maybe because it it connects to the film so well in that mm-hmm. one minute vignette that they did that the other ones tell quick little stories but they're just kind of stories on their own you know and Mm -hmm. and and i think maybe the one for soul also kind of hit a little harder because of everything that's happened over the last year and how we're trying to kind of like scoop ourselves back up from having to stay home all the time and dealing with the pandemic and everything so, uh, I mean, I, I would say watch them in order. They do, interestingly enough, have an option where if you uh go to the Pixar popcorn for season one, the last episode, episode 11, will play them all in sequence. Ah, and it okay. takes about 20 minutes to watch the whole thing. So uh, I definitely recommend them if you haven't had a chance to watch them. And if you have watched them, you know, what was your favorite Pixar popcorn short? Uh, like I said, mine was the soul one, uh, soul of the city, I think is what it was called. But if there was any that you connected with a little bit more, I'd love to hear uh, which ones you connected with and why. So you can join the conversation uh, over on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Just search for Podcateers, or you can join us on our new Discord server. If you go to podcasterscom 345, which is the blog post for this episode, you'll find a link and an invite to join us on Discord if you haven't already done so. So, yeah, I'd love to hear which one of the uh, Pixar popcorn shorts was your favorite. All right, before we jump into our next topic, I do want to quickly remind you that this episode of Podcasters is brought to you by a fantastic group of people known as the FGP squad. FGP stands for Fairy Godparents, and that group of folks helps out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, you can head over to podcateers.com slash FGP. Being a part of the FGP Squad gets you uh, the exclusive uh, monthly happy hour call with us where we play games and we chat about things going on in the park and uh, our feelings. Uh, I don't know. Whatever we want to talk about. It's our phone call. I mean, it, it just goes down however it goes down. And every happy hour call that we've done has just been super fun. And again, if you want more info, head over to podcuteers.com slash FGP for more information. You'll find a link there uh, to our Patreon page, a little more information about being part of the FGP squad, including some names of some of the FGP squad members. So uh, again, podcasters.com slash FGP. And of course, to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you For your continued support. Uh, Let's see. Oh, man. There was so much news this week.
2: Um, Mm -hmm.
1: And last week, we even forgot to talk about some of the stuff that was going on. So I guess the biggest thing that's happening this week is that it looks like California is going to be lifting the stay-at-home order that we've been under since about December, late November, I believe. Uh, Yeah. So... The the governor made the decision to allow outdoor dining to continue, and okay. so we we had the stay at home order late November, early December, and then it kind of went away for a little bit, and mm-hmm. they they were a little more lenient, and then they brought it back and they said okay no every everything's shutting down again, but it looks like as of today we're back off of it and we're all in like the purple tier which is the most restrictive tier again right so we're not completely out of the woods sadly california still has some of the highest covid number cases in the united states right now but uh it's interesting because it, it it is going to allow a lot of places uh, to reopen, serve food. Knott's Berry Farm has been doing the Taste of knots
0: yeah. a lot.
1: Uh, Disney has been trying to bring some of those food options outdoors. You know, right before they did the shutdown a few weeks ago, they had just expanded further and right. started offering a few more carts. And I'm starting to think that this is going to be a really good way for them to bring an early version of the food and wine festival or something or, you know, have the ability to open up in a way where they'll be able to get more people in, Mm -hmm. properly social distance, everything. Maybe like we talked about before, they'll expand towards the pier so that they can have people further away from each other when they're picking up their food. Who knows? Right. But it is something that is, it it looks like it's happening now. You know, I'm completely on board with the stay-at-home orders because, you know, I've really actively been trying to be careful, not just for myself, but for my family, for my friends, you know, for all the people that I love and uh, all, all my neighbors and everybody that I used to be able to come in contact with. Right. I will say that the one thing that's bothered me about, What's gearing California to do all of this is uh, they keep saying that it's the science and that it's a science and that it's the data. And that's great. I'm glad that science and like legit data is driving all of these decisions. Mm-hmm. But like, why don't we get to see the data? <laughs> like, what is it exactly that's driving all of it? And I feel that that disconnect is why so many people are complaining and they're just blatantly saying, well, it's not real. We're going to do whatever we want because they're not releasing that data. And I think this time that they're changing the stay at home order, Mm -hmm. uh, I think is going to be the first time that they actually release any type of data as to what helped them make those decisions in the first place. So as long as we don't hit certain capacities in hospitals uh I think it's 85% if I'm not mistaken uh and I th- I think the argument people have about that is that yeah but even if you reach 85% capacity in a hospital it doesn't mean that they're all covid patients they might also be other patients and that's a completely legit way you know to think about that that's However true. <laughs> If you reach that capacity and don't have enough beds to help other COVID patients or to help somebody that has, like, a heart attack or that has, you know, any other thing that needs immediate attention, Mm -hmm. that's what they're trying to prevent. So, again... I'm completely for all of this. I'm glad that we're taking tiny steps to kind of get everything, you know, in a good position and certain people can start to go back to work. And if people are responsible, then great. You know, that's what we need right now. What we Mm -hmm. don't need is people just saying like, well, it's over. We could take our masks off. We could do whatever we want again, because that's not what we need. This is not the time to go backwards. Uh, Downtown Disney, obviously, is going to have some restaurants and everything that are going to be reopening. And one thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about that I thought was really big news, we had speculated when we heard the announcement that Wonderground was going away, that it was temporary. Or at least we were really hoping that it was temporary. We were. when, Especially when we heard that it was a Star Wars trading post That Mm -hmm. was moving into that same area. And we were really confused because, you know, if they just needed a spot temporarily, why didn't they use the old spot where the void was or these other businesses that were no longer there, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And I I remember the outrage. Uh, (laughs) I remember being very concerned about it.
0: I think we all were. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's officially announced now that Wonderground is coming back. The Star Wars trading post is going to be moving to the Rainforest Cafe building that has been vacant since that end of Downtown Disney closed when plans to create the expanded hotel were in motion. Mm -hmm. And when that fell through, the AMC, the ESPN Zone, the the Earl of Sandwich... And then the Rainforest oh. Cafe, <laughs> all kind of left. You know, all those buildings were vacant,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, we were wondering if they were going to bring them back or what they were going to do. The Rainforest Cafe building, I have to say, was one of the things that I, I don't. I don't want to say the words. They hurt me because it didn't really hurt me, but I was saddened the most about it because. I like interesting architecture and buildings. Mm -hmm. And the Ring Forest Cafe building is just so nice. Like it's got like a really nice aesthetic to it. And I would have really been sad to see that building go.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, it was a nice place to go in like during the summer or actually any time. And it was just really cool. You had the aquarium and different things and it was always interesting. It wasn't like any other building that we had here so um yeah i'm so glad that they're utilizing it and it's like yay disney this is one way you could do things without really having to hit the budget just reuse what we have and i'm glad they're doing that but i'm so happy about wonderground yeah man
1: yeah i'm (laughs) sure a lot of people are especially Mm -hmm. the artists that they were featured yes you know there were so many artists that they were so well known because they were underground artists,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and not having that space, especially when not everybody was able to go into off the page or the Disney Gallery inside of Disneyland, where you would also right. s- see featured artists. Underground was the place, right? But yeah, it wasn't just that. I mean, Underground had this much cooler vibe to it than the other two locations because it. As Disney as it was, it Mm -hmm. didn't feel as Disney as the other two locations. Right. It felt like it truly was its own thing. Uh, It was one of the best illusions artistically that they had. But yeah, I'm so like you said, I'm so glad that they're bringing it back. The Rainforest Cafe building fits the aesthetic for Star Wars so much more. Yeah, it and totally it, does. You know, it's not going to take a lot to spruce it up and get it to look nice. I mean, the food was mediocre at best. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it was not great. But <laughs> I, I'm trying to remember the last time that we had a meal there. We're gonna- I mean, it was a really Ooh. long time.
2: Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see how long it takes. They haven't uh, officially announced a date for it. They just said that once the Star Wars Trading Post moves into that building, then they will put Wonderground back in. So, hooray. We're happy okay. to hear that. Uh, that definitely deserves a round of applause. Uh, let's see. Also, since we're talking about updates uh, to, to the Disneyland Resort, Jungle Cruise is getting yeah. an update. Uh-huh. uh What do you think so far about what's been announced for the Jungle Cruise updates?
0: I have no problem whatsoever. I'm I'm good. Um, this isn't new. It was kind of... We spoke about this. And mm-hmm. um, when we had the news about um, Princess Tiana getting her own attraction. And it was speculated that, hey, Jungle Cruise may have that, that little... They may get, you know, something different. And guess what? They did. And I'm actually excited to see this. The only thing I'm a little like, "Mm." there hasn't been any news for Indy. So, of course, I'm kind of like bummed because that was the one attraction that was supposed to get worked on. But it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) You know,
1: Disney's in a really difficult spot right now uh, to... To the extent that they are making certain decisions that are angering a lot of people. One of which we'll talk about soon when it comes to annual passports. But um, I think it's really difficult for them because the pandemic put them in a situation that they weren't really ever expecting to be in. Right. And for all intents and purpose right now, you know, they're kind of out of cash when it comes Mm -hmm. to doing things that they want to do in the park. So big projects that they had, especially for like the anniversary of Epcot, those are being put on hold and some are being scrapped altogether because they just don't have the money to do it right now. And when it comes to certain changes, I think like the, the changes in the Jungle Cruise are very diversity driven changes. Right? Mm -hmm. Just like the ones to Splash Mountain when it gets changed over to what did Gavin call it? Tiana's Tiana's tree stump or something? I I forgot what he called it. I believe so. (laughs) But when that attraction gets reimagineered into the Tiana attraction Uh, That was a diversity driven change because Disney Mm -hmm. as a company is trying to be more diverse and they're trying to, you know, make changes that reflect where society is trying to go right now. And there are cynics and there are people that are saying, you know, they're doing it because of this or doing it because of that. But look, in general, Disney is a company. They are trying to make money. That's their job right right their job is to make money while creating this illusion of a magical place for us and we go because they are providing that entertainment for us that's what the whole thing is about for for these attractions they've decided to make changes that better reflect where we are as a society but more importantly where we're trying to go as a society because we still have a lot of work Mm -hmm. you know to be where i think we would as a group say yeah we're comfortable being there now uh there's been leaps and bounds and we're definitely in a better spot than we were but there's still a lot of work to be done and these little changes at least show that disney is trying to be on that side of history Mm -hmm. so these changes to the jungle cruise i think are more necessary in the way that disney's trying to create that that diversity whereas with indiana jones there really isn't anything controversial about the attraction as there was with the Jungle Cruise or with Splash Mountain, right? Like Indiana mm-hmm. Jones is Indiana Jones. So if they had to spend $3 million updating any attraction and it was like, well, it's Indy's anniversary or we got the Jungle Cruise that has some things that maybe we should have updated 25 years ago or more, right. they're going to go with the one that needs the update. Right. So that's the only reason I really feel that they're making those changes to the Jungle Cruise. I was concerned that and this is one thing that we talked about before that Mm -hmm. we kind of joked about the rock being, you know, (laughs) on the attraction. And instead of Trader Sam, as you're coming around, you get the people's eyebrow and it's like, hey. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Even though that's right. not what he would say. That's not in the Jungle Cruise movie. But one can dream. Okay. <laughs> Don't take that away from me. But uh, yeah, I was a little concerned that they were going to make some of those changes. But man, I was so pleasantly surprised to to see a couple things. One, that they're keeping the integrity of one of like the original attractions... And this original concept that isn't getting flooded with an actor or something from the film. Yes. Which, who knows if we're even going to see Jack Sparrow removed from Pirates now, considering everything that's been going on with him and Disney and Amber Heard and all that stuff. Right. But maybe that's why they decided not to add these figures from the films, because they didn't want to have to deal with it. right? Probably. Mm -hmm. More importantly... There was a video that was released by Imagineering where um Imagineer and former skipper Kevin Lively was telling us about the new attraction and what was coming and did you happen to spot I was trying to remember where it was on his left on his left side on his sweater he had his name tag did you uh-huh. happen to catch what was on the other side No The logo for the SEA.
0: Oh, nice. Mm Mm-hmm. No way.
1: It was a big golden SEA pin. And I, I mean... Wow. Talk about getting the warm and fuzzies. Yeah. I mean, when they opened up the Tropical Hideaway and there was all of these references to the SEA.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I I love the story... I wish that they would expand more um, on that like they have in the other parks. Uh, if you're not familiar with the SEA, the SEA is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And you see inklings of it with characters uh, in different parks. Like you see it at Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, it's in the Tower of Terror with Harrison Hightower. Uh they're, oh man, I want this to be a part of Disneyland so bad. <laughs> and if that pin is like their way of saying, yup, it, it's coming. It, oh, I'm kind of losing it right now.
0: It has to be. It's like a little Easter. egg. It has to be. That well, would be awesome.
1: Right? Especially considering that the story that they're basically telling us now includes skippers in the attraction. So you're on a boat with a skipper Mm -hmm. and you're following the adventure of another skipper or possibly two whose boats were lost. And part of the concept art shows these boats that are torn in half and there's like, you know, monkeys or orangutans or something just kind of, you know, taking over the boats. The mm-hmm. the boats that they're talking about are the Mekong Maiden and the Quango Kate. Those boats have been decommissioned and they haven't been around as part of the jungle cruise. I think I don't remember when the Quango Kate boat or how long that hasn't been around. But I know that the Mekong Maiden was decommissioned I I think in 97, if I remember correctly. Uh, Somebody's going to have to (laughs) fact check me on that. I don't remember, but it's been, it's been a while. And the, the story that they're going to be telling now is, Hey, did you ever wonder what happened to those boats? And the skippers are going to be following the story and you're going to see these skippers along the way. And I don't know if you're going to be on a quest to help save them or anything like that, but The fact that they're integrating the skippers into the story means to me that they're bringing elements of the SEA in.
0: Yeah. And I'm so freaking
1: excited about this.
0: (laughs) There's effort into this, of course.
1: Uh, the, The videos that they posted, there was a couple. They did one from Imagineering. And then they did another one where they had some of the skippers from Walt Disney World give Mm -hmm. like they got a preview of it and then they were able to give their thoughts on it Uh, i think the ambassadors for walt disney world were the ones that were hosting that video but if you haven't seen them i'm going to put them in the blog post for the episode check them out three 345 Uh, again i'd love to hear your thoughts on this and if you know about the sea i'd especially like to hear your thoughts on what you think after watching those videos and if you speculate that they could be doing the same thing, if you don't know about the SEA, let us know because I've always wanted to do an episode about it. And this might be the time to do it. Why not? Right. Why not? Yeah. It might be a good time <laughs> to do it. So, uh, yeah, let us know in the comments during the conversation and, uh, we'll go from there. So pretty excited about that and what's coming. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, since we're talking about Disneyland, is uh, the conversation that we had last week. It's just a follow-up about the cancellation of the annual passes for the Disneyland Resort. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Uh, Now, when that bombshell dropped, everybody was like, what the? (laughs) Disney, (laughs) how dare you? I how am I going to go every day and people watch and how am I blah blah this and blah blah that? And look, in reality, I'm pretty sure that's what Disney wanted. You know, right. we've talked about it before. The more that is revealed about the cancellation of the passes is they really just want more control about how many people are in the park. You know, on Discord, we had several comments about it. We had comments on Instagram about, you know, crowd control. And as many people as there were that were angry about the change, there were also people that were happy about it because their visits to the parks were swarmed with people that were there all the time and they couldn't enjoy their time like they would have if there wasn't that huge crowd. Now, the Disney annual pass program has been around for about 40 years at this point. And it has changed. It has evolved. Uh, A couple of years ago, they introduced something called the Flex Pass. And Mm -hmm. from the looks of it, it looks like Disney's aiming to kind of convert everything into the Flex format for annual passes. So uh, this last week, once the refunds started getting issued, something interesting began to happen. People started to receive surveys. The surveys very clearly showed different possible passport options to replace the ones that currently existed. Uh, Now, if you didn't get the email, I'm not exactly sure what determines whether or not you do get it or if you had it up until they issued a refund or if at one point you canceled. I don't know exactly how random it is. But uh, we will post a couple of the screenshots uh, in the blog post for the episode, if you want to check those out. But apparently people are receiving different emails and they're receiving different options for what's possibly to come. Yeah. And there's an option that they're saying that they could possibly have, where it's like twelve hundred dollars, but it doesn't include some of the things that the less expensive passes might have available to it. For instance, they have a few options in this tiered list where they're comparing it to like a three-day multi-visit ticket, a one-day, a two-day, or a three-day ticket. And so the way it's broken up now is let's say uh, like, uh, you know what, let me just read these options from like this particular choice that people were given. Like one of the passports says that You have a calendar, and most of the days are green. Uh, Consider it like one of the passports that we had before, right? Mm -hmm. It has a reservation window of 90 days, which means that you can make a reservation up to 90 days in the future. You can hold two reservations at a time. You have two anytime reservations. And what that is supposed to be is that if – you have a spur-of-the-moment visit to Disneyland or to the Disneyland Resort, and you didn't expect to go. And let's say you were just meeting for dinner one day with your family, and you thought, you know what, let's go to Disneyland. We're already here. Let's go watch whatever. You have these two anytime reservations that you can use as long as they're able to let people in and they haven't reached capacity, which I don't think they're going to do for a really long time. Uh, Yeah. So you have these two that don't require the advance reservation. That's what the anytime, anytime reservations are for. You have two blockout day tickets, which will allow you to go into the park for up to two times on any day you currently have blocked out. Then uh, these don't have any friends and family tickets. I'll get into those in the next Passport. Merchandise discount, just like before, 30%. Food and beverage, 20%. Special event tickets discount, none. Special event tickets uh, discount is one that's interesting to me because I feel that things like Avengers Campus, the opening, yeah. is going to be a special ticketed event now. Probably. It, it's <laughs> interesting that they threw that in there as an option. Huh. Uh, parking not included with this pass. Max Wait, pass tra- Max pass is Okay. Unlimited photo pass is They're going to have a dedicated entrance for APs, but this pass does not include a dedicated entrance. It does not have a rewards program and it's set to cost 1200 or 11.99 for an adult ticket. Okay? Now mm-hmm. The lower end of that spectrum is going to be a passport that's $399, so $400. Your reservation window is 60 days. You can hold up to four reservations at a time, but you get no anytime reservations. So you get a couple more reservations that you can hold, but no anytime. So this cannot be a spontaneous, like, we should just go to Disneyland sort of thing. You don't get any blockout day tickets. This one does have friends and family tickets where you can get 10% off two tickets if you were to go on a day. So since you don't have blockout day tickets, you do have the option of buying tickets to go in some, uh, on any day that you choose. Okay. You still get a merchandise discount. Food and beverage is 30% versus the 20%. No, no special event discount Uh, This one has 50% parking discount, also includes MaxPass, also PhotoPass, no dedicated entrance, no rewards program for $400. The other option is $799, $800. You have a 60-day reservation window. You can hold six reservations at a time. You don't have any anytime reservations. You get two blockout day tickets for this one. 20% off two tickets for friends and family. Merchandise discount though goes down to 20%. And food and beverage discount is also 30%, just like in the last one. Special event tickets, no discount. You get a 20% discount on parking. Max Pass and Photo Pass are also included and there doesn't seem to be a child option for this one or for any of the ones I just uh, talked about. It's just adult versions right now. Now when you compare it to the multi-day tickets, they have a three-day multi-day ticket listed for $199. Uh, You have a reservation window of 120 days, but these three-day multi-day tickets are basically blocked out from June through December you can only use them for like the first five months of the year which sucks then they have a one day ticket no blockout dates 120 days uh reservation window for uh, 104 dollars all the way through 209 depending on peak times a two-day ticket for 235 through 290 same no blockout dates up to 120 day reservation window and the three-day ticket will be 310 through 365, depending on peak times, and same no blockout dates and 120-day reservation window. So this was one of the offerings that was sent out. This, uh, I-, I think, there was three different versions of this email that went out, where the passports were kind of different, but Mm -hmm. The same enough where Disney's saying that they're gathering information to try to figure out what to be able to offer. Right. And when reading through all of these options, honestly, I'm speculating that Disney already made that decision. Because some of these are like some of the choices, like I said, feel absurd when you read them for the first time. So... I feel like the way that these are structured is Disney's way of saying we've kind of already decided, but we're kind of leading you. It's almost like a magic trick, right? Like when (laughs) when a really good card trick is being done to you, you're being led through the the story of the trick and then boom, you get the payoff at the end, right? In this case, they're kind of showing you all of this this stuff because it's things that they had on the table there's a big part of me that really feels that they've already made this decision
0: (laughs) really (laughs) yeah i'm I'm on the opposite end thinking you know they'll they'll let us know and whatnot like that's what i'm thinking um i think i mean it's kind of sounds like they're putting out like little feelers to see like what's happening and i i don't know i mean we usually wait until disney gets Gives the official word, so yeah, who knows? <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, they. One of the other emails had, I think, a set of slightly more interesting choices, and hmm. you know, before I read that, there's a couple things that Ken Potrock had said uh, during an interview with the Orange County Register that I just. So here, let me read these to you, and and then I'll you know talk a little bit more about what I was going to say, but. Uh, during the interview, he said, "We're trying to understand what do people want in this new world. what when do they want to access our parks? How frequently do they want to access our parks with what level of spontaneity, with what level of value all of those things and more all of those things and many more? There's nothing uh so like the way that he asked that is, I mean, the answer to that question is, we want to go whenever the hell we want, as often as we can, whenever I feel like it, and I (laughs) want it to be as cheap as possible, (laughs) right? Or you could have just said, yes. Yeah, but that's the (laughs) thing, right? They have the answers to those questions, they have yeah, the answers to those questions because Disneyland is a locals park first and foremost. Or mm-hmm. at least that's what we've transformed it into because of the annual passes. Yeah. But Disney doesn't want it to be a locals park. Right? They want it to be right. something like Disney World because they want to be able to make as much money as the pe- from the people visiting. As they can. And we talked about this before how they mm-hmm. don't make a lot of money from the annual pass holders. Right. So, in reality, they have the answers to these questions. And so yeah. he went on to say, uh, he went on to say, uh, there's nothing off the table as we begin to think about things that are important for people, whether it's the number of times that they visit or on a product offering, whether it's when. Is it midweek or weekend? Is it morning or afternoon? Is it day part oriented? It's all of those things that we're incredibly curious to hear back from our guests about. Uh, Again, they have this data. You know, all they have to do is go back and look at the scans from everybody's annual passes that they have. I know that they have that data stored, you know. Mm -hmm. So... I know that they're trying to, actually, he talked about flexibility. Uh, Hold on. In this quote, he says right here, this is not designed to limit choice and flexibility. It's designed to enhance choice and flexibility. People may say, here's how I've always used it. People may say, here's what I bought, but I didn't use it and optimize it. People may say, I have a different family structure or my financial situation is different. I would love to do it a little bit differently than I've done in the past. What we're hoping to be able to provide is a choice and flexibility for all of those different evolving states. I kind of feel like they already filled all of those structures in because they had like the past that had no blackout dates. They had the signature past. But then they introduced the flex pass to make it a little mm-hmm. bit easier and a little more economical. The one thing that I, that I think that they're missing from these statements is I think they're really trying to just say we were too crowded. We're trying to limit the amount of people that were coming on a daily basis. And we're trying to move past all of that.
0: Yeah, I, I could see
1: that. I get it. Right. I understand it. Mm -hmm. I, I totally understand it. That's why I made the comment last week about do you think this is their way of weeding out the quote unquote influencers without directly saying that they're weeding out the influencers. Right. Because they know how valuable they can be. They work with influencers all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they comp them stuff and they have contracts with them in order to show new products or uh, new clothing, right. new hotel stuff, new features. And that's cool, right? If you're mm-hmm. able to become one of those influencers, you know, that's cool. You you had the hustle and you were able to make it. But uh, I think they got to the point where there was so many people trying to do the same thing. That they weren't able to control it anymore, and one thing that I mentioned last episode that I haven't seen anybody talk about, and I haven't seen in any of these emails, none of them feature a monthly payment option. There's no Maybe mention. waiting. Well, there's no mention of it, and remember, I said that I think that they're going to do away with it altogether.
0: But if they if they wanna if they wanna uh, talk about Knowing the situation that everyone's in, I kind of would think maybe not right now.
1: See, I I kind of get that, but I also get that there's an argument. Oh, man, I I have but so I many. I do thoughts. see what you're saying, though. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I do. Like, I it's like I could see both sides. I really can, like through the business side of Disney, and then the, the how we would want it. Yeah.
1: Per se. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a hard balance to strike. Yeah, right? it is. It it's a really hard balance to strike because as consumers, you know, as annual pass holders, we're always going to feel like we got the short end of the stick, regardless yeah. of what's given to us. Because if you look at the prices historically, if you look at the offerings, little by little we've paid more for less. You know, I mean, look at what was available when they first came out, what they cost, what we got, and what it ended up being before all of this happened. We've mm-hmm. been on that trajectory. Now, the only difference is that if Disney was doing this without the pandemic and without anything happening, people would have been up in arms like you wouldn't believe. Like if you thought people were upset now, if they did this without a pandemic, people would have been crazy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But now they have the advantage of it happening during the pandemic. I hate to say it Mm -hmm. like that, but because of the pandemic, they've lost so much money that this option is the best way that they're saying that they can get back on track with while allowing us to still have some of the functionality and some of the features of the annual pass that we knew, which we'll never possibly have the same way again. It's always going to be like this now because the reservation window itself is going to be key to making sure that the parks don't get overpacked anymore. Mm -hmm. Because one thing that, I mean, I don't know about you, but with my old pass if i wanted to go every single day i could but then that was that was the argument that i would make to people all the time right because right I, like one argument that i usually had with people about my ap was you know we never went on vacation to hawaii we never did this we never did that we chose to get annual passes for disneyland because that was like a mini vacation to us that was our way right. of enjoying that money that would have otherwise gone for a cruise or gone, you know, whatever. And Mm -hmm. if we didn't have the option to pay for it monthly, there's no way we could plunk down $125 for four people to go every single day of the week. Right. Right. When you think Mm -hmm. about it for like 500 bucks on a non peak day or non peak time, For a single day, for a family of four, for a whole week's worth, that's a lot of money. That's already what you would have spent on annual passes. That's why they made sense for so many people. And now, because it's gone so long, Disney's trying to make it make sense for them. Right? That's all that's happening right now. Because like I said earlier they're a business first and foremost. And with the, the pandemic has only made it worse for them because they haven't been able to be at capacity. They haven't been able to be open to make money. You know, the parks are suffering. Uh, again, if it wasn't for Disney World, kind of partially open. And if it wasn't for Disney Plus, they would be in a worse it situation worse. right now. Mm-hmm. Right? So yep. it's going to be interesting to see where they fall Again, I'm speculating that if you kind of look at all of the passes, you can kind of find common ground as to where you think these are going to land or what the base one is going to be. And then mm-hmm. from there, they're going to build. Uh, I I I don't know. I I feel like they've already made this decision. I'm I'm going to stick by that. I I Okay. I get what they're doing. I think the surveys are more to validate the decision that they've made already. I don't think it's necessarily to help them make the decision. It's more to get people connected to the process and for them to kind of feel like, okay, well, how far off the mark were we by saying we're going to do this one? Or what's the damage control we're going to have to run if we chose this and people wanted this? You know what I mean? And yeah. the good thing is that I feel that if if they made a decision that's going to outrage more people than might be willing to purchase one of the new annual passes, one of these new membership options, uh, I'm hoping that they're able to adjust it and they're able to modify and say, you know what? That was a mistake. It didn't work very well. Let's go with this other one instead. We're gonna make some modifications and we're gonna go back to this. Um, who knows? You know, like yeah. you said, you you made a really great point and a really great comment right now. That you know, considering our situation and considering the economy, not everybody's gonna be able to jump back on the annual pass bandwagon right now. And yeah. there's gonna be some people that not only don't get a new annual pass but may not go to disneyland for the next three to five years until you know things settle down a little bit more so it's a lot to consider and i'm hoping that sooner than later we get a chance to hear a little bit more about what options are going to be available to us
0: but you know what at the end of the day that little bright light i mean it is getting brighter.
2: Oh, yeah. because We're
0: talking a little bit more about things happening. So that's to me, that's how I would see it at the end of the day. It's just like, you know what? There's a whole lot more talk about possibilities. And again, we're getting closer to yeah. <laughs> the finish line. Yeah. So that's that's how I, I have to think about it. If not, I would probably go nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm right there with you. I I would much rather be past all of this already. You know, I I'm not Agreed. alone <laughs> in thinking that. I know that there's tons of people that I think mentally and physically it's taken a toll on them that they didn't expect for it to to take. You know, I mm-hmm. I know I certainly feel, you know, much older and run down Than when this whole thing first started easily, right? And, uh,
0: (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: I just want to be past this whole thing. You're right. Uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel with all the vaccines and everything that are happening. You know, we're getting closer and closer. Uh, I'm going to be getting my second vaccine very soon. I'm very excited about that. And hopefully, you know, we'll be able to start scheduling it for more people. Get that Mm -hmm. out of the way. Uh, were you planning on doing the the one when Disneyland reopens as the Superpod? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: it's um, it's literally down the street.
1: Have you tried calling, or have <laughs> you tried figuring out like how to get an appointment for it, or what's the criteria?
0: Um, r- right now they're still doing Tier One A, I believe, oh, okay. and it's just the senior citizens. So, um, I still have a ways. I think I'm the third tier, mm. um, along with the teachers. Um, so. I'm just waiting for that, and, yeah, no, I've already looked into how to register, but, um they were like, Well, answer these three questions, if you're not qualified, you just gotta wait and just stay safe, and that's it, yeah, so I'm just patiently waiting, and the moment I find out that we're we're next, uh yeah, yeah, i'm I sign me up seriously. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm hopeful that it's going to be sooner than anticipated because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of movement in Washington right now where there really wasn't any movement before to get vaccines out to as many people as possible and get them administered and everything. So uh, I'm happy that there's some action. I'm happy that they're trying to get them out as soon as possible. And Mm -hmm. there's even talk this week about a third vaccine possibly getting emergency approval so that we can get it out to more people. Um, yeah. you know as as, possi- uh, as soon as possible. I don't know a lot about the third vaccine yet, but I'm definitely going to want to read more on it because uh, obviously if it becomes available to people in our family and it's the only one that they're able to take, I want to know enough about it so that you know we can make exactly. an educated decision on whether or not to go take it or not, but Mhm. Yeah, that light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter and brighter. We're getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And sooner rather than later, we're all going to be standing on Main Street, eating a churro or popcorn or something, you know, staring down towards the hub, looking at Walt and Mickey with that brand new shine that they got going on, looking yeah. at Sleeping Beauty Castle thinking, God, I missed you. Mm -hmm. And then just smiling, possibly ugly crying. I don't know. (laughs) Whatever emotions come, I'm just going to let it flow.
0: uh, Yeah. (laughs) We're going to take a box of tissue.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So uh, if you guys have any thoughts on the new possible offerings for the annual passports that uh, are being sent out via surveys, uh, let us know what you think. I'm interested to hear, uh, especially if you are an annual pass holder, uh, how you feel about these possible changes. Uh, how do you feel about the reservation window being a part of every single passport this time? Uh, because it looks like in order to control the crowds, that's basically going to be the way that you use your pass going forward. Uh, it makes sense initially. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. this last episode. I think it was Tyler that left a message uh, on Instagram. Yeah. I think where he talked about how the parks aren't going to be able to be at full capacity for uh, for some time anyway, so reservations make sense. But mm-hmm. what about when they are able to go back to capacity? The only way that Disney's going to be able to control it is by maintaining the reservation windows. So. We're basically all going on flex passes if you get an annual pass again.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I don't even care. I'm fine with it. I mean, if as long as I can make a reservation, I I was possibly averaging about one visit a month at my peak time. You know? You are. You know, so it's not like I was going every single day or every week or anything like that. I want to say that at my peak of going over the last couple of years, and I'm not including 2020. That's the year that time forgot. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, if I average out the times I was going, I was probably going about once a month. Twice if we had to meet up for something or whatever the case was. So, The way that I see it, again, if I can get to a point where I can average that one visit a month even if I have to make Mm -hmm. a reservation and you know, it's going to cost me about the same as it was costing before. I'm cool with it. You know, it'll be like my monthly escape or whatever. And we'll be able to plan it with everybody so that we all show up on the same day and hang out with each other. And it'll be fine. It's just going to take some adjustment. We're not going to have the freedom that we had before, but it's a post COVID world right yep baby steps yeah all right that is going to wrap it up for this episode so until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a fantastic week everyone
0: bye